0: Amen. Amen. (laughs) The testing of your faith. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The testing of your faith. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) As believers, church, and faithful followers of Jesus, we face different levels of intensity when it comes to the testing of our faith. But regardless of that intensity, regardless of that intensity, we must learn to praise God no matter what we go through. No matter what we go through. We must be able to praise God through the good, through the bad, whether we're happy or whether we're sad. We must praise God. We learn to worship God no matter the test, no matter the trial. We worship God in every situation and in all circumstances. All circumstances. Your trial may be different from mine and may be different from everyone else. But that test, that trial is a chance for you to show that you trust God. It's a chance for you to be show your obedience to God and also show your love to God regardless of the the trial or test because he deserves it. Amen. Amen. He deserves it. Our faith is tested every day. Our faithfulness to our faith, church, is tested every single day. Our faith to stand firm and follow Jesus is tested every day. And I know I got many of witnesses in here to testify. And the testing the testing of your faith is sometimes the devil trying to steal your faith trying to steal your faith but understand church that that the devil is not equal to god Amen. satan is god is not god's opposite hallelujah he is not god's opposite god is sovereign in every way in every way and in complete control over everything including Satan and every trial that you may be going through today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as the story of of Job. Anything Satan does, God has to allow it. When God allows those trials in your life, best believe, even though it's hard, even though it's tough, it's for your good. It's for your good. The testing of Job prove that Satan's ability is limited. It's limited to God's power, God's sovereign power, and God's sovereign control over everything. There's no demon that can, that can test you or, or afflict you beyond what God has ordained. Beyond what God has ordained. And we need to understand that, church. We need to understand that because your trial, your trial, your test will never be the end of you. God will allow it. God will now allow it to be the end of you. What well, God will send your way as a trial to strengthen our faith, best believe Satan will be there to try to get you to seek to exploit it, to try to get you to sin. Best believe it. God will use a trial in our life to test our faith, to bring about spiritual growth and, and maturity. Satan is a thief that comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan uses trials in our life to attempt us, to make us remove God from our lives. He wants us to turn away from God and turn to him. And turn to him. Yeah, but we must, be, we must be strong. We must be strong. We must take courage. We cannot be intimidated. What Satan throws our way as a temptation... God allows it to be a trial. Satan wants to use a trial to tear us down, to wipe us out. God wants to use that same trial to show how faithful he is and how real he is. When a trial comes your way, Satan will be there that same day to try to get you to curse God. But God will also be there. God will also be there to give you strength, to get you through that trial, church. And you will realize how faithful God is. Second Corinthians tells us this. Tells us this. We are pressed on every side by trouble. But we are not crushed. No. We are perplexed. But we are not driven to despair. No. We are hunted down. But never abandoned by God. We get knocked down. Yes. Yes but we are not destroyed. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. So also, church, I tell you, our faith is tested not only, not only by Satan, not only by Satan. See, we must be aware that our faith is tested every day by our very own flesh. By our very own flesh. See, the Christian must be aware that our flesh is evil. Our flesh is, is wicked. Our flesh is in rebellion to everything of God and Christ. It is in rebellion. And there is no human being that is, that is exempt from the flesh. Not one. Not one. That means everyone has that evil in them. Everyone has that rebellious spirit in them. The thing about our flesh, think about this. Our sinful nature, the flesh that we were born with, that that nature that, that will be with us until the day we die, it wants nothing to do with God. It wants nothing to do with God. Part of ourselves Part of our very own being wants to keep us out of heaven, wants to keep us out of heaven. See, your flesh doesn't want you to follow Jesus. Your flesh wants you to burn in hell by going your own way, away from God and Christ. See, if you're not living by your faith, you're living by your flesh. The destiny for following your flesh is hell. The destiny for following your spirit is heaven. Who's going to win that battle for your faith? Who's going to win that battle for your own faith, your flesh or your spirit, church? See, for the most part, the testing of your, of your faith, the, the, the real testing, the real enemy comes from within, see? And that's what we must understand. we search and, and blame a lot of things on a lot of people and a lot of things. But that that really testing of of who we choose to follow comes from here. Comes from our very own. We have free will. God has blessed us with that free will. So that's on us, the believer, which way we go. Who we let win that battle. That's on us. But also our our faith church is tested every day by others. By others. See? See? It's every day, the testing of our faith. Yeah. See, there are a lot of people that wants to bring the flesh out of you. That wants to bring the flesh out of you. And they intentionally test your faith. Some may do it to see if your faith is real. If your, if your witness is genuine. If you have the heart of Christ. And we must be aware of that. Because some will try to use that heart of Christ against you. Some may do it to even mock God. As Christians, we are called to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Meaning this, meaning we live by the Spirit and they know it. <laughs> and they know it. They know we are, we are called to, to show love, to show joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They know it. And if you haven't already experienced it, there will be people that intentionally test to see if you are of the Spirit or not. Or not. How often, church, do you allow people to steal your joy? How often do you allow them to rob you of your peace? How often do you allow people to make you lose your patience? What about your goodness, your kindness, your gentleness? Does that go out the window when someone gets on your nerve? Do you only show love to those who only show love to you? How often do you allow people to make you lose your self-control? Your self-control. Also, what about your faith? How about your faithfulness to God? Are there people in your circle that influences you not to be faithful to your faith? Knowingly or unknowingly. Are there people who are trying to pull you away, pull you away from your faith? They will know what their church outreach is on. They know what Wednesday Bible study is. They know what Sunday is all about. They know what God is trying to do in your life. They know. They know that being a Christian is called to serve the Lord. They know what that consists of, church. Fellowshiping with your family of believers, serving in God's church, serving and helping the community in need. They know. They know. They know. When people try to pull you away from your faith, do you go? Do you follow? Be careful. Be careful because they may be secretly testing your faith. To see if your, your witness is really real. See, we are tempted in our faith by the materialistic things of this world, Satan, and the people who are working for Satan daily. I get it. And I get it. We're only human. The spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. I get it. But when we allow these godly qualities of our spirit church to be compromised by the testing of our faith by whoever, we lose that, that fight for our faith. We lose that fight. Our faith was tested and proved to be compromised. Our faith was tested and our, our witness just went down the drain. Went down the drain. See, we find ourselves in these difficult situations. The Bible also encourages us to do this. He says to prove our faith by being sincere and and conducting ourselves properly because it will strengthen our faith but also lead us to trust in God. See, we learn to trust God as God delivers us through our trials, church, step by step. Not all at once. Step by step, God delivers us, and step by step, we become to trust in God more and more. So don't ever give up or be discouraged in your faith. What counts is that you, you just push through. Push through those trials. Not for your sake, but for God's sake. For God's sake. Press in. Trust the Lord, even when you don't see God moving right now. Because we live by faith, church, and not by sight. Faith that God is always working in our lives. Whether we see it or not, he's always working. So we need to know how to get through those trials, those temptations, those tests. That's the triple threat to our faith. We need to know how to get through those things without falling away from our faith. Many have fallen away because They don't understand how to get through those things in life, through those things. So I want us to look at the book of James today. The first chapter of James, and we're going to start in verse 2. But first, this letter of James is written to the Jewish Christians of that day. They were suffering and experiencing all kinds of, of trials because of their faith in Christ the Lord. James understand that remaining faithful is not easy when we face opposition, And we can testify to that. James was encouraging them in his letter, and he encourages us today as believers regarding the issues of faith and our need for godly wisdom to endure, to, to persevere in faith and just walk steadfast in Christ. No matter the trial, no matter the temptation, no matter the test. James 1 says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. He says, let perseverance finish Is work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What does it mean to count trials as joy? See, many of us may claim to believe and follow God, but how do you respond when when God tests your faith? When God Push your buttons. See, regardless of the form of our trial, it may be physical, emotional, relational. The conflict that we experience in the physical world, God uses it to get our attention in the spiritual world. We must be aware of that. First Peter said this, he said, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. So James says, consider it pure joy. (laughs) Consider it pure joy. What does it mean to count trials, tests, and temptations as pure joy? Notice James didn't say if, he said whenever. Basically saying that there will be trials. There will be tests. There will be diverse situations. There will be Temptations that come to your doorstep, church, that will be. Yes, we are blessed children of God, but we are not exempt to the trials of this life. We are not. And the trials James is addressing is not the trials of doing wrong. It's total opposite. Trials in the testing James is talking about are for us believers, for our because of our stance in the things of God, and and, and we want to. We for doing what's right in the sight of God. We face trials because of that, because of our faith. And what James is trying to do is prepare. Prepare the believer for when those trials, tests, and temptations come upon our life. The Bible would never suggest that Christianity would be the easy route. Only that it is the correct way for the believer. Only. Only. Our Savior warned us that there will be trials. There will be tribulations in this life for the one who what? Follows him. Jesus told his disciples to make sure that you count the cost for following me. Are you sure you can drink of this cup? That's something we must keep in mind. Because our faith in Jesus will be tested every single day. And James is telling us that when we are tested and when we face those trials, and every time we face those trials, we should consider it pure joy. Whatever trial you're going through, whatever trial or situation God has allowed in your life right now, the word says, consider it as pure joy. In other words, don't start crying as if something terrible has happened to you. But rejoice and count it all joy that God is testing you in that way. And I know that may sound foolish to some, but God needs to know if your faith is genuine. God needs to know if your faith in him and his son is real understand that God doesn't give us trouble church just for trouble's sake. God has a goal in mind. God has a plan in mind for your life. And we know by his word that that plan is good. Romans 8:28 tells us, "And we know that for those who love God, all things, all things not some but all things work together for good for those who are called according for to his purpose and we are all called according to his purpose so we don't have to wonder we don't have to wonder if God has abandoned us or turned against us when we endure suffering in this life we don't have to wonder but we can have the confidence that God is working in our trials on purpose on purpose this is a great truth church a great truth that we can cling to in our difficult days in this life, in our difficult days, and no, God already knows how you will respond. He already knows. So the testing is not to see how you will react. No. It's for you to build you up, to strengthen you in your faith, to develop your spiritual growth and your maturity. It's for you. for me. We are called to follow Christ's footsteps. He suffered for us and was an example for us. So if we suffer for doing good, it will be commendable in the sight of God. First Peter tells us this. He says, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of us don't want to hear that. A lot of Christians don't want to hear that. That's why we always must be reminded of the sacrifice of Christ. Who are we not to suffer when our Lord and Savior, saving us, suffered and went through so much for our sake. For our sake. So again, what does it mean that James is saying count trials as joy? Some of you might think James is is crazy right now. I know. I know. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when we don't have two nickels to rub together to make a dime, he says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when the rent is due and we don't have any money. Count it all joy. When the pantry is empty and the children are hungry, he says, count it all joy. When the loved one in Christ passed away, and you feel with grief and you feel with sorrow. He says, Count it all joy. Even though Satan and the people working for Satan won't leave me alone. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when we're struggling in our addiction and, and we can't put the devil's cigarette down or the devil drink down. He says, Count it all joy. Uh-huh. Count it all joy when. When the people close to you turn their backs on you because of your faith. He says, count it all joy. And God says, yes. Yes. James is not crazy. James is not crazy because the joy that James is talking about here does not come from the happiness or the, the gladness when we receive something great in life. No, that's not it. That's not it. Let me ask you this. Do you know, do you know that you and I agreed to be reconciled to the will of God when we accepted Christ? Do you know that you accepted accepted the will of God for your life when you accepted Christ? See, a lot of people say they accept the will of God, but they go through life with long, sad, and angry faces. Weeping every time, everywhere they go because of what they're going through in this life. See, but what James is saying is that you are not reconciled to the will of God until you can rejoice in your trial. You are not reconciled to the will of God. You have not agreed to the will of God until you can rejoice when things are not going good. Until you can rejoice when there's trouble at your front door. Until you can rejoice when the devil is trying his best to put his hooks in you. Hallelujah. 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 See, church, it's choosing to live above your feelings, not deny your feelings. See, yes, yes, I may be in tears, I may be in pain, I may be struggling, but I will continue. I will continue. It's understanding that your trials are not meant to make you fall. They are meant to make you soar, like an eagle. Hallelujah. Your trials are not meant to defeat you. They are meant to what? Be defeated. Be defeated. They are not meant to make you weaker. They are meant to make you stronger, church. Stronger. We should not resist them. We should not resist them as intruders. We should welcome them as friends. Welcome the trial because it is the overcoming of your trial that will take you to the next level of your faith. That's the test of God for the believer. So the joy James is referring to is not that, that happiness, not that gladness. It's the joy. It is the joy of your well-being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is the joy of the well-being of your very soul, of your very soul, your inner being, so that you, you can embrace that sorrow You can embrace that anger. You can embrace that pain, church. You can endure those tests. You can endure those trials because you know your God has you. Hallelujah. That is what James is saying. Your joy comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through all and any circumstances. All and any circumstances. And I know right now, without a doubt, there are many trials and and tests going on in this room right now, today, in the minds and bodies of us all. But we must count it as pure joy. See, joy is is God-oriented, not event or circumstance-oriented, church. If your happiness depends on the outcome of your situation, your trial, or your test, then you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. And that's what James is trying to say here. See, rejoicing, rejoicing, (laughs) rejoicing, the praise that we do in this house, rejoicing, the shouting that we do in this house, the hollering that we do in this house, it goes beyond happiness. It goes beyond happiness. So you can rejoice in your trials, you can because your joy is that deep sense of well being. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what Satan throws at your way, no matter what the ones Satan that's working for Satan throws at your way. My God is working to deliver me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what great joy. What great joy to hold on to. No matter what I'm feeling right now, God is working to deliver me. He's working to deliver me. Just hold on a little while longer. Hold on a little while longer. See, that's the joy. That's the joy that comes from when a person views their test, their trial, their temptation from God's perspective. From God's perspective, not ourselves, not through our own feelings, but God's perspective. is understanding that it's not meant to break you, understanding that it's meant to strengthen you. You will never be tempted by anything that's not already common to man. You will never go through something that no one else has ever been through. You will never be the first one to go through it. No woe is me. No woe is me. See, Jesus says in this world you will have trouble, but, but if you abide in him, abide in him, you will have peace through those troubles, through those troubles. If you abide in Jesus, you will have peace as you go through those troubles, knowing that those fiery dots will bounce off of you, bounce off of you, and only then when you can see that, that those trials are joyful. Only then will you be able to see that they are for your well-being, not for your happiness, for your well-being. Because of this, the person, the person who chooses to endure and remain steadfast in faith will become spiritually mature, stronger in faith. Hallelujah. So James tells us again, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. He says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So perseverance. Perseverance is this. It is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Basically, don't give up when things get hard, church. Don't quit on God because God won't quit on you. Even through the trial. Even through the trial. James says, let perseverance finish its work in the believer because perseverance produces maturity in the believer. That means that you will become more seasoned With experience. You will become well-developed. You will be fit for the task that God sent you in this world to do. Maturity, in a sense, is not related to age. It's a quality developed by how much a person has learned from the trials they have experienced. Again, maturity is this, the ability The ability to recognize a mistake before we make it again. Maturity. Fool me once, shame on you. (laughs) Fool me twice, shame on me. It won't happen again. It won't happen again. James also tells us that perseverance produces that completeness in the believer. That means that you will be fully trained. That your weaknesses, your your imperfections are being removed. Are being removed from your character. Your, your, your weaknesses, your imperfections are being removed from your character. Meaning that every day you are gaining control over your sin. You are gaining control over that flesh, over that sinful nature. See? that you have passed through many trials of many kinds to be complete and mature in many areas of your life because you know that faith in God will see you through. Completeness. Perseverance brings completeness to your faith, church. And lastly, James says this. Perseverance allows the believer not to be lacking in anything and anything, that you now have the basic skills of, of life, and they are ready to be used for the glory of God. They are ready. you ready, church. You're ready. Those obvious weaknesses, those blind spots of your past, they have been corrected. They are no longer. They're behind you now. And more and more clearly, more and more clearly, You are mirroring Christ himself. You're becoming more Christ-like as you pray for, Lord, make me more like you. Through these things, James says, perseverance, pressing through your trials, more and more you will start to mirror Christ, mirror the character of Jesus. You will not be lacking in anything when you are mature and complete in all areas of your life. Because James 1 12 tells us this. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who loved him. Hallelujah. 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 Will you receive that crown, church? Will you receive that crown, church? Will you receive that crown? I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Will you receive that crown through the testing of your faith? Will you receive that crown through the testing of your faith? See, we can clap now, but as soon as we go out that door, the testing starts over again. It starts over every day, every morning, throughout our daily life, the testing of our faith. And James is only trying to prepare us. The Word of God is preparing us for those tests, for those trials. That is not not for our end, see? They will never take us under. They will never defeat us. God is in control of those trials you're going through. He's in control of those tests that you are going through. God knows it. Even though they may be tests of Satan. Even though. Even though of your sin nature, of following the wrong route. God knows that. But he says, "I got you." See, he turns what Satan doing into a trial to test your faith. Satan never has the best of us. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He may have one hook in you, but that's about it. That's about it. it. Because you allowed it, and God may allow it. Everything is a test of your faith. As Christians, understand that everything is a test of our faith as long as we're living in this world. And if you walk around, if you just take time out to think about that in your daily life, you will see how true that is. You will see people that come your way as a test. You will see things be thrown in your way as a test. Also, we we, we sometimes are tested with our praise. With our praise. God places us in position to give him glory, <laughs> to give him honor, to give him praise. And when we don't recognize that, maybe a test. You never know. So when we're free in the spirit, we're allowed to do these things by the Spirit, whatever the Spirit is pushing you to do that that is good in the sight of God, please do it. Please do it. When the Spirit urges you, it urges you, and we all know that urge of the Spirit, do it. Do it. God may be testing you. God may be testing us. Amen? Amen. 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 Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now. We say thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for, your, for the strength of your word, God. Thank you for the understanding of your word, God, the wisdom of your word, God. I pray, God, that every heart that heard this word, God, that we, we aim to live by it, God. We aim to honor you in, in everything that we do, everything that we say, God. And, God, as we prepare for this, this communion, God, this, this understanding of our faith, God, hallelujah, Hallelujah, the suffering of Christ, hallelujah. This is what this communion is, us understanding the suffering of Christ for ourselves, for ourselves. God, I pray you continue your work in this service, continue your work in the lives of these people, God, in their families, God, in their hands and in their feet, God, also in their minds, God, in the name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. Let us go into communion at this time. Simply, why do we do communion? Why do we do communion? The simple answer is because Christ died on the cross. Our Lord and Savior died on the cross for our sins to make us right with God. To make us right with God. And we should always take time out, always take time out to be reminded of that. That it's only because of Christ's shed blood on that cross for our sins, for our sake, that we can unite like this as believers in love, in peace, and understanding. So as we take communion, it is not just the bread and the cup. It is acknowledging what Jesus has done for you, Thank you. Thank you Jesus. for you. If you are free from your sins right now, this is acknowledging that. If you want to be free from your sins right now, this is telling Jesus, I, I, I believe in your sacrifice, Lord, and I want to be free right now. I want to be free. Glory, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's telling you in return, my child, if you believe, you can be free. (laughs) If you believe, you can be free. You will be free. This is our testimony to that freedom, to that freedom of the flesh that tries to hinder us from heaven. (laughs) This is saying, flesh, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm receiving the flesh of Christ, the blood of Jesus right now, the power over everything. Hallelujah. You can look at this cup and this this drink, the blood of Christ as the power of God because of our faith. We receive this, receive this as receiving The power of God to defeat our sins, to to defeat our sinful nature, and defeat the enemy. The sacrifice of Christ. Luke 22, 19 through 20. And this is what Jesus told his disciples, and he's telling us today. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the same way, after, su- after the supper, he took the cup, saying, "This cup is the new covenant, hallelujah in my blood, which is poured out for you." Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's partake of the power of the cup, in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, and amen. These altars are open.